to issue number 24 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we're going to be talking about comic books, reviewing some comic books, and recommending some comic books. This is your announcer and color commentator for this issue, Justin Latori, and here is my dad, Chris Latori. Hey there, how's it going? Thanks for the uh, announcement, that sounded official. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and thanks for joining today, I know uh, you're coming on cold, so we're just going to have some fun and talk about comics, and when you want to... Jump in, chime in. Maybe I'll even have you just read the comic book feel-good factoid freebie. Just cold. Yeah, I don't know anything about what's going on today. I'm just jumping in here. He, he, he was like, hey, Justin. Uh, I was playing some video games in my room, and he was like, you want to be on the podcast? And I was like, sure, I guess. <laughs> so, what are you talking it. about? You know, I was like, just jump in cold. We'll just see how it goes. Let's have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in, in my head, I was like, oh, crap. I need to prepare for this kind of stuff, but no. Let's do it. Hey, I'm prepared. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to jump into the mailbag. We're going to go into a just one comic book feel-good factoid freebie. And we're going to talk a little bit about some comic book TV shows. We're going to jump into that. You wanted to discuss a couple things. Yeah. And then I'm going to go into seven. I have top seven this week for New Comic Book Day on October 14th. There were uh, 15 in the pool, and it was a great week. And I picked seven that were just fantastic. Fantastic. So <laughs> let's jump into the mailbag. So this week we got a nice little email from a friend of the show, Mike Norris. How's it going there, Michael Norris? Hey, Mike Norris. I feel like I know you. <laughs> we always appreciate your notes, letters, emails, etc. And your email this time said, with Halloween approaching, what are your top five Halloween comics? And he gave us his top five. His top five Halloween comics were number five, Dead Man, Lost Souls. Number four, Vampirella Archives. Number three, Hellboy, Seed of Destruction, which I love. That'd be maybe my second fave. And number two, The Goon, Nothing But Misery. Can't go wrong with anything Goon. And his number one Halloween pick is Batman, The Long Halloween slash Dark Victory. Yeah, good pick there. That's fantastic. And I have to say, I have to give a nod to my buddy Mike over at My Hot Life. Mike has been a horror influence. The other Mike. (laughs) Another Mike. He's been the horror influence recently and it's spilled over into comics i'm enjoying some stuff like harrow county and a few others i feel like i know him too yeah (laughs) he's a good guy but please check out mike and russell on their podcast my haunt life on itunes and their website myhauntlife.com where you can see just everything about the whole world of horror haunts even they're even into escape rooms and he's got a haunt map calendar he's just got all kinds of stuff on his site my haunt life. You gonna check that out? Uh, if I wasn't so afraid of the stuff that he that you've told me about <laughs> this guy, most likely. But uh, I think I'm officially creeped out at some of the stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> it just depends. Don't be scared. It's fine. It's, it's too late, man. <laughs> All right, Michael Norris. So my top five Halloween picks for this Halloween. I'm sure it'll change next Halloween. And but my number five is Zombie Tramp. 
And Zombie Tramp is kind of a guilty pleasure, I guess. It's a scantily clad zombie that has the Necronomicon that can cast crazy spells and have zombies come back to life. And she's just kind of wandering with a sort of messed up memory and constantly gets into hijinks and all kinds of, all kinds of mess. And it's just a fun sort of continual romp through the, vol- the you know, the world of magic and horror and, and crazy bad guys and expletives and it's just a it's just a an awesome mess written by mendoza and uh mike mendoza and i i recommend it it's fun it's halloweeny is that a word halloweeny Halloween-y. <laughs> that's my number five my number four is uh spawn I've, I've kind of missed spawn i loved uh spawn by todd mcfarlane back in the 90s and i want to revisit it i want to grab some of the old stuff it's on like issue number 256 and i fell off somewhere around 150 but the animated series on HBO that was so adult and so edgy was so much fun. I want to watch that. Very dark. Is it weird that a person my age actually knows the, the what was it, the 90-something movie? Well, not you, because you're around me, so that makes perfect uh, sense. <laughs> but that's my number four is Spawn. Number three, Rachel Rising by Terry Moore. I can't speak highly enough about anything that Terry Moore produces. It's fantastic work. And Rachel Rising is a story of, uh, it's... The story of this character that wakes up, digs her way out of the ground, and I like the blurb on Comixology, by the way, I have to read it. It says, Rachel wakes up at sunrise on a shallow grave in the woods and discovers the freshly murdered body in the dirt is her own. With events of the previous night a blur, Rachel seeks out her boyfriend, Philip, but Philip has a new girl now, and Rachel is beginning to suspect she rose from the grave for a reason. Revenge! Don't miss the premiere issue of the haunting new series by Eisner and Har- Harvey Award-winning creator Terry Moore. So that's my number three. Number two is Harrow County by Colin Bunn and Tyler Crook, and it's a story of a witch that was hung at this tree, and at the basically her body was buried under the, at the base of the tree. Are you the? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Hunger Games that, yeah, that came that was, to your mind because I'm reading Harold <laughs> County. Exactly. That's odd. Yeah. But just a fantastic story. Didn't make the top pick this week, but great issue, solid. And uh, that's uh, very full of horror and witches and this old neighborhood and, and sometime in, like, I would say 20s, 30s and how they're dealing with this sort of child that birthed from the tree of where the witch was hung. Yeah, didn't you, like, I remember you telling me they have, you know, the, the, uh, like, the little comment section from, like, the, the readers and stuff in the back, and I remember you telling me a, like, a, like a, a personal horror story that someone wrote into the writer. Uh, very creepy stuff. Very yeah, creepy stuff. they're doing that at the back of the issue, which is, which is great. This week didn't have that one. Maybe that's why it didn't quite make the top picks, didn't have oh. it. But, uh, Harrow County. Fantastic, my number two. And number one, I gotta agree with you, Michael Norris, is the goon. Anything goon. There are only on, I would say, collectively in the 50s, and there is a top pick. Uh, there is the new, the goon. Can the goon escape? The Theater Bazaar. Zombo. And it's a new arc, and it's fantastic. We'll get more into that, but I totally agree with you, Michael Norris. Anything goon. It's just full of just full of horror and monsters. It just has that that Norman Rockwell-esque art that's just beautiful. And anything Goon is good. You've read some Goon, haven't you? Uh, very little. Um, you told me a lot about it. There's, uh, there's some good stuff in there. I know there's, like, zombies and, you know, there's, uh, some comedy aspect in that and then there's some horror yeah. aspect. I, I, 
just sounds to me like an all-around fun book to read. His sidekick, read... uh, Frank. Yeah, 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 and like the the animated movie that's coming out pretty soon. Yeah, I, I can't wait. You've told me a bunch of stuff about it. I haven't read too much. It kind of disappoints me how little I've read about this. I put some money into the Kickstarter for them, and yeah, they're they're doing an animated adult series, and the you can go online and see the clips of it. It's it's amazing. It looks fantastic. It's a series? It's no, it's going to be like a, just an animated film. Oh, so it's okay. A rated R animated film. Dang. So that's going to be. It's kind of breaking new ground. I know they must have had a difficult time selling it to the. Yeah, wasn't to like Paul the, Giamatti, the the sidekick. Mm-hmm. Voice? Yep. That's such a good fit too. Absolutely. And the guy that did Hellboy. What's his name? The actor that did Hellboy as uh, the is the voice of the goon. I can't remember his name. That's not good. He's in. Uh, he's in so much. Yeah, he's in a lot. He's fantastic. <laughs> he's in Sons of Anarchy. Sons too. of Anarchy. Yeah, uh, I forget his name. Anyway, that guy, <laughs> which escapes us now. So there you go. There's my top five picks. For Halloween, and we're two weeks out from Halloween. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, what are you gonna be for Halloween? I don't know. I really don't know. I I've been trying to figure out. Like it's that's like a a really big thing for me. I've always tried to do something something either funny or something that I just love. You know, whether it be superheroes, uh, just an ironic costume. But I I usually the idea is here to me by now, but it's not. So I have to cram that in. Well, there you go. So, we're going to zip up the mailbag. That's the mailbag. Ron Pullerman. Ron Perlman. There you go. That's Ron Perlman. Okay. That's the guy. Well, yeah, we're going to zip up the mailbag. Thank you, Michael Norris. I'll be seeking you out to get your address to mail you a little prize for writing in. And if you write to me at chris at sunspotscomics.com and I select your email to be read on the show, you will win a prize. So, fire away. Send them on in to chris at sunspotscomics.com. So next up, we're going to do just one comic book feel-good factoid freebie. And I think I'll give it to you, Cole, Justin. You want to go ahead and read this? Check it uh, out. Sure. All right, you ready? Here we go. All right. Uh, okay, it says, Comic books and the joys of doing nothing. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. It looks like a library in the picture. Uh, <laughs> tell me some... So, I didn't read it, so what's it about? <laughs> here, why don't you just... Uh, well, if you look at the pictures here, it's like a it's like a cafe. It's is in Korea, and it looks like it's a oh. Juljung Kadong. So Jack Jack Dang. Yeah, yeah. sorry, we so bad. <laughs> sorry, Korea. We for... we totally don't embrace our heritage. We're Filipino for Christ's sake. Let's <laughs> we gotta get this down. Grandpa's so much better at this than we are. Well, I caught my eye initially because it looks like just a full-fledged full-size library and as you get closer into looking at the at, at the cubes it's all comic books really yeah oh yeah there's some spider-man in there and their concept See, why the, the last man which is that's interesting i'll share the link of course on all the social medias but they're actually doing something a little different a little unique check this out they have actual pictures of these cubby spaces that you can like two like bunk beds that are on top of each other, but they're like cubby a, spaces. Looks like a lot of couples making out in those. Not at all. They're just they're <laughs> sitting. Cause this guy's by himself. But um, they're they're well lit, and you can grab comics. Now the catch is that it, it's a cafe, and they also charge per hour, and it comes out to about two dollars and sixty cents an hour. But the 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 sort of pitch is that they have thousands upon thousands upon thousands. You can see. I look at their archive. On, yeah, I'll send the link. It looks just like all it comic looks books. like like a full on like crazy big library. You know, like the libraries you always see in like TV where there there's a bunch of people studying and stuff. You know, in the halls. It looks like one of those, but it it's filled with just comics, man. That's 
awesome. And in this article too, they talk about that a lot of Korean comic book stores are usually a lot of a lot of adults that are smoking constantly. So they're really kind of embracing they're embracing the all age aspect. They're creating it's a no smoking environment. They do have a cafe there where they serve food that that is not included in the price. But you can go in, sit in these awesome kind of bunk bed cubicles that are well lit and read whatever you want, all you can read for $2.60 an hour. So unique concept, interesting. I sort of wish we had this in California. I'd like to see how that how that would work, how that it's uh I think it could be decked out a little more with a little more comic book paraphernalia. It's Korea. Gotta, I don't know how hardcore they are into comics as we are. Well, they're into it. Look at this library. Yeah, I mean, crazy. there's there's a lot of So that's the uh, the one comic book feel good factoid freebie. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> very nice. Very yeah, nice. That's good. All right, so the next segment, we're going to talk about some comic book TV shows. This is a segment that you take, Justin. Yeah, I love uh, movies and TV. I've said that before. I am a huge fan of superhero flicks and TV flicks. shows. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, obviously me and Dad, like me and you, Christopher Latore, uh, we get into some deep, deep conversations about superheroes when it comes to movie time, like, you know. Avengers, Ant-Man, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, let's to get name in. a few. Yeah, just just to name <laughs> one or two. There's billions of. Oh my gosh. So, what I've been actually paying attention to lately is how good the comic book TV shows have gotten. Like, there's some really good ones out there. I mean, I've watched most of them. I think the only one I think I haven't watched. Uh, there's two. I think it's I Zombie and Gotham. The only two I haven't checked out, but both of those are on Netflix now. So I'm gonna be. Streaming those, binging those out pretty soon. So, yeah. Um, I watched all of uh, the first season of iZombie. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Such a heavy departure from the comic book, though. Oh, no. I mean, it uh, maybe at some of its sort of core elements it sticks to the comic, but it is a complete departure from even some of the characters and where the story goes and sort of the world they painted. It actually has kind of inspired me to go back and read the comic because I, I sort of like that world a little bit more than I do the TV show, but still worth checking out. You know, you know, straying from the source material and comic book, you know, film adaptation, uh, you know, TV adaptations, all that kind of stuff, uh, it's kind of a big no-no for me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Walking Dead does it, but they do it so well, and they still, you know, in a way, they kind of merge with it. You know I mean? So, when you just completely go off of the story, or you completely just, you know, disregard the, the comic book, you source know, material. source material, it's just, it's just kind of like you're... It's like you're blasphemous, you know what I mean? Like you're <laughs> disregarding. Yeah, heavy. I mean it, it, it's kind of true though. I mean, like if if um if Superman in if if you were to go and watch a new Man of Steel movie and then all of a sudden like you know Superman is not Superman, he's something else. He's you know he's from <laughs> California. He's a surfer dude, and you know like they didn't say anything about it. You know, it's just like hey, yeah, he's from California now. Like, how would you feel? It's just you know it's completely straying from the the source material. It's not that's a no no. I think it's a strong commentary on the world today and how the comic book world has changed media. how, how media. the media is. We have power. You hear that? Yeah. We have power. <laughs> <laughs> the nerds the nerds hold all the media power now. It's it's all in the hands of the, the, the it's us. <laughs> hey, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, whoa, stop the clock. But <laughs> but we really do. Like if they really stray, then the you know, the hardcore comic book purists have a fit they they have a field day and they and you know how they usually react with that is their viewership and their dollars just drops yeah it's a 
It's a big deal, man. So you got to listen to look us. At, look at Fantastic Four. I mean, that's a good example, right? Like, it was it was hyped. I was excited to see it. I mean, and it was sort of a box office flop. I mean, it wasn't terrible in my in my eyes to everyone else and everything I've read. It was pretty bad. But I mean, like, just look at that. They they yeah, almost completely heavy, strayed from the, some heavy the source departures. material. So you know, just that's just a good example to use. But uh, the main thing I wanted to talk about in this little segment was What's the main was The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and how much I love those shows. All right. Well, speaking of uh, skewing from the continuity of comic book, <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead yeah, is its own entity. <laughs> that is a skew of itself. But I mean, at the same time, it's like making a show out of a comic book while there's also a show going on. It's just kind of like you know. Like, they're just expanding on the, the, if you were to call it, the Walking Dead cinematic universe. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like a DC Comics Earth 2. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, it's like what the MCU is doing, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they have this whole cinematic universe for Marvel. They're doing the television universe for The Walking Dead. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a cool concept, and I know it probably comes down to, uh, you know, monetary reasons why they did the whole... Come on, so. universe equals large mo- truckloads yeah, of cash. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, but uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty, um, Fear the Walking Dead, it just finished. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Uh, it was really good. Spoiler alert, I guess, if we're going into it. Uh, I mean, we're not going to go too deep into it, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, I loved I loved how we finally kind of got to see the early days of the, the zombies. You know what I mean? Like... It, it, it seemed like the zombies kind of evolved fast, you know, they were dying a lot easier. Like, the first zombie they killed, it was kind of harder to kill because it was, like, in the early stages of zombie-dom. But, you know, like, the ones in The Walking Dead, the original show, they're a lot easier to be to kill, you know, because they're, they've decayed. You know, I was expecting more, like, you know, yeah, harder to kill zombies, you know these what I mean? much fresher and cleaner. And yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it, more it was, musculature. It was, it was fun to see you know, a totally different aspect with totally new characters and, and I had a good time watching it. It was it was really good. I've I enjoyed it overall and I, I was hooked. I watched every episode. It was nice that it was short. One thing that I thought I, I initially I was calling it Fear the Walking Young People. Yeah. Because so uh, many. they oh made they made it they made them they didn't paint them in the prettiest picture and yeah. I said that before is how they they were really kind of annoying. They were really kind of <laughs> there was a lot of Carl esque moments they make, going on. They make my generation Stay here. Look, they make my generation look bad in that light. You know what I mean? Like it's but it. But at least the character I think you least expected to sort of redeem himself and be a really likable character was the the heroin addict young person. Nick, yeah, his name was Nick. Who's the actor? Johnny Depp's <laughs> cousin. <laughs> Frank Delaney. That's Frank his Delaney. Name. Well, he, yeah, I remember him playing young Voldemort. Yeah, in, in one Harry of the Potter. one of yeah, the seventeen in, Harry Potter movies. One of those. He was in the fifth one. I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but he was the only, he was a character that surprisingly rede- you know, redeemed himself towards the end, and I thought, way to go, because they they really weren't making any of the young people very likable, mm-hmm. and the screen time for me that they had, I was like, oh, I, I, I want to just kind of fast forward, a lot of Carl-esque moments, main- stay here, don't go inside, stop where you're, where you're at, stay in the car, and they never would listen, mm-hmm. it was just... The main character's son, for example, uh, Travis's son... Chris. Yeah, right. his name was Chris in the show, yeah, um... Man, that kid yeah. was annoying. Were you not? <laughs> I mean, I was watching that kind of just. I hate to say it, but just praying for his death. Just, just, <sighs> just a door to open. <laughs> I hate and to take say it out. because I'm a big Carl lover. Uh, Carl's been one of my favorite characters, especially in the comic. Carl. 
Yeah, Carl. Carl. <laughs> um, but Carl's always been one of my favorite characters. Remember season one and two of Carl, though? Uh, yeah, yeah. But that I was mean, that was whew. that was early stage Carl. You got to remember that he was still a little kid. That's what I'm saying. But but one, I've always loved Carl, so it, it was hard to it was hard for me to not, you know, try to relate to the the Chris character. But it, it, he was just. It was just annoying. I, I couldn't take. I couldn't. I, I yeah. really wanted to not like him, and it was you know. Hey, and the daughter. I mean, they're keeping her in the dark, and they weren't telling her what's going on. She's her constantly too, yeah. like exploring and going out, and not, and, and it, not okay, doing what her parents would example. tell her to let do. Me, so okay, so I'm living with you in the zombie apocalypse. We're living in that that. Just, I'm just giving you a scenario. I'm oh, living in. Go. I'm living with you. Say you're in the position of. You're the mom slash dad, and then okay, I'm the. I'm the. Mom? <laughs> I'm, the I'm that daughter okay. character. You're How? the daughter. Okay, uh, talk like the daughter. Talk, talk like the daughter would. I'll talk like the mom and dad would. Okay. okay so, so what are you? No, what no, are you doing, son? Okay. So, would you? Would you? How? What sort of? I guess view would you have on me running away from? She just leaves oh, yeah. every five minutes. Bounce. And like, where the hell does she go? Like, she just leaves. How? Like, would you feel about? I. I feel like I would, as a parent. Like, I would just Ooh, be like. Parent. I know. Here we go. <laughs> As Holy, a parent, I'd you're be making like, me you know, a grandfather the, already. Where the like, where are you going? Like, you need to stay here. Like, how would you feel? I know you're the parent in this situation, so. So how would I feel if my child was just taking it upon himself to wander, uh, not listen to what I was telling him in to a, do? In a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> well, we also have to suspend a lot of disbelief in the fear of the Walking <laughs> Dead that they've never seen. They don't know the word zombie. They've never experienced anything, any movies, comic Which books. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, you have to suspend a lot of belief in that regard. But yeah, uh, if, if I guess if um, I were in their shoes and had never seen, heard, watched, or read anything relating to the word zombie, uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be naive. You're gonna be you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna so maybe that you gotta again. It's I guess so many things you have to suspend belief upon, and so many things you have to put aside in *Fear the Walking Dead*. That was just sort of a tough one for me. That you know this daughter was. Just kind of running off all the time, yeah, like, and, but you know, I think the lack of disclosure. I, what I would do? Do you want my perspective yeah. as a father? I they didn't tell her what was going on. I got to give you full disclosure. I got to okay. tell you what's going on. So They're you, treating her like a little kid yeah. in a way, and you got to fully disclose. Tell this kid the world. Just you know, it's horrible. Yes, and it's a slap in the face of reality. <laughs> but you got to know it to stay alive. Can you just imagine that talk though? Like, okay, we got to sit her down. Like, let's sit down at the table, honey. You know, let's. We're, we got to get serious real quick. There are people eating people out there. Uh, zombies. People, people <laughs> eating people. <laughs> uh, there, there are people dying. There's people eating other people. Like, just stay the hell in the house. Like, you know, yeah. Don't leave, please. It's just, it's, it was... Uh, it, that was Disasters just... of biblical proportion. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Jinx. But, uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was... Uh, that was ah, man. Like, I, I, I loved the show... But it, there were some reoccurring themes from The Walking Dead that, you know, that kind of tug at the annoyedness, you know, of us. So, but I still enjoyed it. I liked how clear and crisp the just the cinematography looked. I liked that yeah. it, it had it a looked, more realistic it look. It, it looked, looked like L.A. From, they made yeah. it look like L.A. They, although they kept pretty much secret as to where they physically were and changed yeah. names of things and left out some major landmarks so you couldn't, like, go, oh, that's a that you can't be in Rialto, uh, and then in five minutes be in you know in yeah, Burbank. Yeah, no, right. Like the the one that out. the one that stood out to me though, 
was the stadium. It was totally the forum. The for, it had to be the forum. The Great Western Forum. Yeah, it had to be. So, but they changed it up. The, yeah, the facing the of face it looked of different. The, yeah, it looked different. But it ha- it had to be. There's no way it couldn't have been. You know, and I, I mean, guess we live in this area. Like you know, we would know. You know, people in Georgia, I guess, with the sta- with the Walking Dead, they must do that yeah. all the time, oh, right? Of course, yeah. That's the, that 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 ain't that ain't Creek River Lane. That, <laughs> that's that's you can't go down by. The re- it's, it's, yeah, sorry, Same with you know. like Breaking Bad and stuff, you know, the, the total like, you know, in where you're shooting in sight, you know, you're totally, you know, you have to kind of keep it to reality and, and make it seem like you're actually in the place. So people like us who live in LA and know the landmarks would be like, oh, like they're over there. But at the same time, you want to keep it, you know, to where we don't have the same beliefs. So anyway... And you know, a funny, funny little story. I remember I was living in Las Vegas, and the CSI Las Vegas show. Oh yeah, they flew over your house, didn't they? <laughs> they? They did. And the other thing I thought was interesting was there was one episode. I think I I bounced out, or they jumped the shark for me at that moment. Oh boy. When they were on a bridge. In Las oh, Vegas. Yeah, there's no bridges out there. <laughs> <laughs> and what river are they yeah. driving over in Las Vegas? I remember. I wish I could point out that episode, but I'm like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm out of this. And the, the, the Las Vegas Bridge. But anyway. Um, so yeah, episode one, I mean, we're about to watch episode two. It's tomorrow, so. Yeah. By the time this comes out, I mean, it'll be, what, Monday? Yeah. So, so yeah, so, um, we're going to have watched the second episode by the time you hear this, but, uh. Episode one. Episode one Walking was Dead season phenomenal. Six. I loved that episode. Oh my gosh, we got to see a real herd for the first minutes. time. 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. That was the um, mega herd. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys can go watch this episode. So I'm gonna kind of herd Prime. <laughs> I'm, was... gonna, I'm gonna try to cut it right there. Just there's a lot of zombies, a lot of killing of the zombies, and some flashbacks. Go watch that episode, please, because it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's very good. I thought uh, it felt like a like a, like a movie. It yeah. was 90 minute epic uh, zombie craziness where they're trying to. They decided they got to wipe these zombies out. That if they don't get them there, when they're all they're pulled gonna, into that quarry, yeah. that they're gonna eventually be overrunning the place where they live. So, yeah, yeah they they have sort of a, a, a well set up plan that, of course, just goes awry. Which you know they, I thought you know I thought maybe they're all already in the quarry. Why not just kind of Blow blast them, them there? <laughs> Why do they Find gotta hurt them? Yeah. Why do they gotta hurt them anywhere? Why do they have to take uh, them? Did you think were, that? Like, isn't it yeah, safer if they if they just, all got some po- long pokey sticks? Started and poking just, away. Just poking away as <laughs> many as they could. <laughs> Why they gotta they gotta herd them out somewhere? Yeah. Like, make them turn left here, and then make them turn right there. I go think, further down and make them turn right left. Do, I think what they're trying to do is is they were trying to they were trying to lead them away so that they can actually kill them there. I don't know. I, I it wasn't even revealed as to what the hell they were gonna do with the big ass herd of zombies. They, never, yeah, we, we, they didn't tell us. So but they're already in a large group in yeah. a large pool in one place. Yeah, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> I, that's what I that's what I thought. I thought Let's like, just go make some makeshift long, bombs. Right. You know, like you we got we got doctors and stuff in this new place. Like you know, you got you got you know some crazy. Hell, you, you know, just set one person up with a high powered rifle for a long time. <laughs> I mean, and some really yeah. long pokey sharpie some sticks. Pokey sticks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the end. I guess yeah, that wouldn't be it wouldn't good be TV. Fun. Yeah, no, that's not. That's very. Not, that's not very good TV at all. <laughs> the writers, the right in the writer room, they rejected that. They're like, no, no. The one, just... the one realist guy that was in there, like, why don't we just like set someone up, and have him just kill them all? And he's like, wait, that won't work. That makes that makes too much sense. The episode will be eight minutes, not ninety. That makes too much sense. We can't do that. So. 
That being said, it was good. It was I, I enjoyed good. it. It was a lot of high level drama. It seemed to, the beats of it were really tight and fast, yes. and it and it it had your pulse pounding. And yes, I uh, I I I love that show. I love the comic. Anything they do with this show is I'm I'm going to follow, which is you know leads into the Fear of the Walking Dead. I I loved it so. They can't do wrong, it seems to me. You know, it's it's almost like everything they do is is good, but you know, hopefully because you know how long this series is gonna be, it's gonna be you know twenty million seasons long. It's never gonna end because Robert Kirkman's never gonna stop writing, so it's just gonna keep going forever. When it jumps the shark, I don't know, man. And it's interesting to where they are in the comic books related to where the TV show They're is. They're really close. I mean, it's... Uh, well, no, they've also had a gap close. of time. Oh, that's They've true. also had that gap of time where... Ten uh, years. Yeah, and a whole different community and a whole different set of problems with the the people that put the zombie skin on their bodies. Yeah. And a sort of Rome as well. And... Spoiler, sorry. For, but <laughs> I think uh, that'll be interesting in season 12 of the TV oh, show. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> they get yeah like... Um, there's just so much they can do. There's so much they could work off of. And on top of that, they're kind of, you know, going away from the source material in in a sense, which in, in the best way possible is they're sticking to the, the, the good stuff, but they're straying away from, you know, some of the stuff that isn't as important. And I'm pretty sure Robert Kirkman has something to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, well, is that, is that about wrap it yeah, up for our TV let's, segment? Let's wrap it up there. That was good. That Thanks. Was good, that was awesome. Good talk. That got intense, and uh, that's a lot of fun. We're, we feel really passionate about it. And you should be reading the Walking Dead comic book. You should be... I don't really play the games of Walking Dead. Uh, I played the first the, the first uh, Telltale game, I forget, you know, like episode peaked, one or whatever. It was like, it was okay. It was okay, it was cool. Um, I know some people that are really into it, and it's like a big deal. I feel like they really haven't hit the absolute mark yeah. there. Like, they need to... I played I played the Daryl game, where you play as Daryl. That game, uh, it was okay. Right. It wasn't all that good. Um... I'm playing the app right now. The app is fun. Hmm. Uh, it's like it's kind of like Clash of Clans, but with zombies. It's 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 good though. But uh, when they come out with a good Walking Dead game, I will be playing that nonstop. Guarantee you. They do that, and I like they're mixing it up with some odd things. Like, did you see my extra extra large? Uh, Walking Dead number one that they did, the yeah, huge I reprint, the coffee yeah. book style. The thing is gigantic. It's got to be huge by 18 by 25. It's it's big, and that's kind of cool to see a comic book in that size. Yeah, it's like a table read. You know, you sit down and like, this is my giant Walking Dead comic. You want to read that? I sort of wish I had more to just rip the pages out and just frame them. <laughs> you know? Oh but my I'm, gosh, that's yeah, that's not. But they're they're gorgeous, <laughs> and I like that they're doing little you know some different things with their mer- mar- their merchandising Especially and marketing. Especially with uh, what's his name. Who did the art for him the first time? Because uh, I know they changed artists. Robert Kirkman, yeah. I forget his name. Uh, he still gets some credits as well. Yeah, I, I, I liked his art actually. His art, I feel, is Charlie is, Adler, fantastic, great, yeah. solid, consistent. I love that consistency. Where you know they're they're at uh, approaching 150 in yeah. the comic, and they've He's stayed doing, with Charlie yeah. Adler and and Robert Kirkman writing, but that first artist, which I think he did six issues... Yeah, he did the first trade, and that was it. He's fantastic, and oh, you know what's right here, because I have the... He's an artist name. This is the Artist Proof Edition. Tony Moore. Tony Moore, that's yeah. who it is. Okay. And he was fantastic. I really like Tony Moore, and I kind of miss him, but, you know, I've gotten used to Charlie Adler, and yeah. it, that consistency is there, and I well, enjoy just it. looking at the, like, the cover of this thing, you know, like... The, the, the kind of design of Rick <laughs> has changed over the years. So that, that's kind of one thing that bugs me a little bit. But I do remember Robert Kirkman saying that he wanted to 
dramatically changed the character to where he, he wouldn't even he wouldn't he be recognizable. Recognize yeah. I remember an early interview with him. He really wanted to take Rick and and just twist him, twist him, and yeah. and fifty issues he would look back and not even recognize himself. Yeah. It'd be just a completely different character from from a personality standpoint and the inner workings of his <laughs> of his being. Yeah. And he did that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a good story. If you guys aren't reading that, definitely drop in, read some of that. Uh, we have most of the trades, so anytime we want to go back, we could just go back. But uh, we can beat this topic to a dead, you know, to, yeah. we can beat it to a bloody pulp. So Maybe, let's the, last, <laughs> maybe the last thing I'll dip out is uh, 147 just came out last week, uh, Walking Dead 147 by Image Comics. And it's really good. It's definitely leading up into where something, something huge. is huge going to happen with these... Uh, these these these, these skin, groups of roamers. Yeah, what are they called? They're skinwalkers. Yeah, that wear zombie skin and have this strange society. I forget they they're called something, aren't they? It's definitely leading to it, and it feels maybe a little long in the tooth. So I'm kind of waiting for some for this really to hit off. But you know, Rick has has issues dealing with all the townspeople and how they all just want to murder, death, kill everyone. He's got to reel them all in, and he's definitely more of a diplomat now and <laughs> uh, that like town's leader position, and it's 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 good. It's definitely building. I can see this being yeah. a top pick very soon. I like how murder, death, kill is like a part of your vernacular Oh, now. it, it <laughs> so is. It always is. Come on, you know where that's from. <laughs> from RoboCop, right? No. It's not from RoboCop? Oh, no, it's from uh, Demolition Man. There that's what it go. is. There you okay. go. There you go. Yeah, I like death how that's, that's your, like, a part of your just natural speech now. To go to. Well, that that'll uh, let's wrap let's wrap up that segment of uh, yeah. Let's let's close that that bag of treats. You know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, let's let's roll right into my favorite part of every single podcast, which is the top picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, October fourteenth. So, Woo! if you haven't heard, I read new, fresh comics every week. I buy a bunch on Wednesday. I read them all. And I make my recommendations to you. You should buy these. I review them and I pick my top picks. Sometimes it's top ten, sometimes it's top five. This week it was seven. You guys, uh, you guys have to realize the importance that he does. All the stuff he does for you <laughs> listeners. He busts his butt to finish all these comics. Yes. He, he does it for you guys. Totally he, not he... true. I do it for my own. <laughs> I love reading. I mean, it's partially true. I, I love reading these, and I just want to share it, and I want to help the, the world of comics, especially paper comics specifically, and I believe it's a beautiful artistic medium that can just be expanded upon, and that all ages should read it and give it a try, and a lot of people say, oh, it's a comic book, yeah. but there's really so much amazing content there, and so I really do this and read because I just love it, and uh, you guys get to... Reap all the benefits of that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I know I told you earlier today that um, I was actually thinking about opening my own poll. Do it. And, uh, you know, you were like, oh, you can go completely digital. I know you like that's probably easier for you. Because you're a younger you. person, you know. I and think. then, and I remember I said, I was like, yeah, but that's like, that's like, again, that's like blasphemy. Blasphemy. Growing up with you, man, like you, grew, I grew up with paper in my hands. Like I can't right. do that, you know. So, well, thank so you. if I do open a poll, I'm going full page Paper comics, full frontal paper. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just to just to respect the uh, the art, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's it's a it's an, it's a craft to make a comic book. You know, it's something that's always sort of interested me. And you know, if I could get into making a comic book, I would love to. So I'm gonna go paper for sure. That's my vote. Well, that makes me. I couldn't be more proud because we look at our screens enough, right? Yeah, definitely. I, especially especially my generation. Yeah. My generation's on their phone 24-7. I don't need to be reading comics on it. Yeah. Put your face into some paper yeah, is my advice. That's, that's good. <laughs> so let's well, do this. I want to mention, too, that this week there were four number ones. And can you guess how many of the new number ones made it to the top seven? 
Uh, I don't know. There were four. There's four, two, maybe? Three. Three of them? Actually, oh, three. Man. Only one didn't make it. I guess I'll quickly mention it. it was Radioactive Spider Gwen number one. Yeah, I, I think this is the third or fourth name? number one. <laughs> yeah. Is that, her, is that her superhero name, though? Spider Gwen? Like yeah, her, her she's three. really known in this world as Spider Woman, but then even in the, the uh, intro to it, you, the world knows her as Spider Woman, but we know her as Spider Gwen. And it's the, uh, you know, it's the female spider character with a hoodie. <laughs> that's what, yeah. uh, a very cool costume, but it, it, I don't want to um, rag on it too much, but it just didn't make that, that top pick, but I'll tell you about the other number ones that did make it in there. But yeah, 15 comics this week, 7 made the top, oh, before I forget, you were going to pick the comic book art cover winner, you wanted to not tell me and just and lay it out there, what was the number one pick for just the cover art of uh, Wednesday, October 14th, New Comic Book Day. What was your favorite cover? Uh, you laid them out on your bed, and I picked low. I, uh, I don't know what issue number that is. I don't know if you, it's in your top seven. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, low. It was, oh, man, it's a beautiful Image cover. Comics by uh, Rick Remender, Tocini, and McKaig. Issue number 10? Is that 10? Yep, yeah, issue ten. 10. So, I didn't even really look at what what's going on, but it just looked beautiful. It was It's blues, reds. You know, there's some women going on, and it looks like they're underwater. Mer people. I don't even know what's going on. It's just beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just, that was my pick just because of the sheer colors. It, it's colorful and got the watercolor stuff. And I, I read this issue, the, not this issue, this, uh, this, this title before, so I know that the art is really good. So I, I just kind of recognized that, and it, it, was, it was really good. Yeah. Well, thank you for picking that. the art no cover problem. winner of the week. And please also go to sunspotscomics.com slash pull list to see everything that's cur- I'm currently collecting every week. My entire active pull list is there. I do put my top picks on there as well, so you can see what those are. And if you're looking for comic book recommendations, that's what that whole list is for. So you can see that list and go buy some paper comics. Yep. Yes. So let's start off uh, with the top seven this week. And number seven by Vertigo Comics, a number one that made it in there, The Twilight Children by Gilbert Hernandez, Darwin Cook, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart is a beautiful colorist. I love anything that he colors. This, to me, initially felt like I'm watching the Batman animated series. does look like it, yeah. Right? Look at the eyes. Look at the girl. Yeah. Looks like kind of a Catwoman. The coloring is gorgeous. It's set in modern day, it doesn't really say where, but maybe Mexico. And they find these large sphere-like, they look like the moon, in random places. These sphere-like orbs, these white sphere, it looks like the moons, like a eight-foot moon, appear in various places, and then they're just gone. And there's, they, they don't know what they are. They don't, never see them disappear. So now there's some special agents getting involved. And what they do really well here is, is set up the connection between the three siblings. There's like three kids. A very believable connection. They, they're bickering. They're having fun, they're playing on the beach, and it was just one of those quaint little moments that felt real to me, like, oh, that's a nice moment of siblings playing together. And they set up some some deep character development here about a, a woman and a man having an affair with each other, and then the giant moon sphere orb appears in front of them, <laughs> and then is gone quickly. And so it's this sort of scientific anomaly happening in, happening in this small sort of Mexican village in modern day, 
And this is just sort of a, a great little teaser, great little introduction to just a, a, a wide cast, wide range of people from the local sheriff to the three kids that actually touch the orb and their eyes go white and they're quote unquote blind, but they're not sure. They gotta take them in for testing. There is a young scientist, a gringo scientist that visits the town. Gringo. <laughs> and he's sort of interesting in how he seems sort of standoffish. I like the character development there, but as the kids touch the sphere and a storm hits, he even helps a young woman and child to safety. So he nice. has a little bit of a heroic element there and smokes everywhere he goes. They he's have a, to put panels of him smoking he, cigarettes. He's a John Constantine type guy. I guess. So that's my number seven. That's good. The that's Twilight. Good. Isn't that a cool cover too? Yeah, definitely. And number six from Image Comics, number one also. This is the second of the three number ones that made it into the countdown. I Hate Fairyland by Scotty Young with some coloring help by Jean Francois Belliot. My French is horrible. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And this is like Alice in Wonderland going to Alice in, going to Wonderland and she hates Wonderland. <laughs> it has some Ren and Stimpy like feel to it. That's a, yeah, I was just about to say that it does look like Ren and Stimpy. And this is Scotty Young's first uh, departure from the mainstream of World of Comics into his own creator-owned title. Vertigo. Nope, it's a uh, image, image number oh. one, Scotty Young, and I love his work that he does on almost. Every Marvel alternative cover has a Scotty Young edition where he does a young version of the of everyone from young Tony Stark and young Avengers and he makes them all kid-like and just adorable. It has a definite like um, Calvin and Hobbes kind of feel to it. Yeah. And though this is kind of edgier, a little more rated R, the, the language, like there's one point where this the, our young little character, she has like green hair and always this insane like, maniacal scowl she on looks her like face. A, like a demon child. <laughs> she is a demon child, and she's literally blowing up the talking moon with like a bazooka. Yeah, it looks like she she came into this fairyland and was like angry. Yeah, just and just shooting everything. <laughs> she's shooting stars that are talking and they're all pleasant in the sky, and she's blasting them away with like a cannonball looks launcher. A, looks a little bit like Happy Tree Friends. I don't know if you ever seen that uh, Happy Tree Friends, you know, franchise with everything just bloody and gross. But uh, it has that. And when when you think he's going to take a cute turn here, oh, it's like it's kind of cute. Yeah, she's. Our main character is blowing stuff up and destroying stuff, and they go into this sort of casino town part of Fairy Tale Land, and it has kind of a Job of the Hut slash Biggie, thug -like. <laughs> oh, man. bad guy, this green slug-like monster. So it's just a lot of fun. The colors are gorgeous, and in the back, it's got like Scotty Young's like life story about how he bought his first comic. You should definitely read it. I try to skip most of these in the back sometimes unless they really grab me well this is like scotty young's like life story back here and how he got into <laughs> comics how he started working in them and what his influences were it's crazy and it's really really well done and then some pinups in the back so it looks like a lot of fun fan and death fantastic death <laughs> <laughs> so i hate fairyland was my number six do you really hate fairyland Dad? Uh, you know, it kind of makes you hate Fairyland in that. Like, it's just so cute and fuzzy and warm, and then when you see her destroy things and shoot the moon and stars, you're like, yeah! <laughs> okay. I don't know, it's kind of it's kind of awesome. Alrighty. The art winner of the week for me is the number six pick, which is from Boom Studios, Strange Fruit. Number five pick. Right? Number two, or my number five, yes, my number five pick. Strange Fruit, number two, from Boom, by J.G. Jones and the infamous, the famous Mark Wade. And the art by J.G. Jones here is insane. Whoa. Look at that. It's very Norman Rockwell. 
the the that way looks like 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 he full on like painted a mural piece, you know? Yeah. This had to have taken forever. There is definitely some photo quality uh, facial expressions here. I don't yeah, know if he yeah. uses that aspect digitally. I I have I have to look into his work wow. a little more. But the way he uses white, the way he uses white for reflection, for light, for tone, for skin reference. And it, where the, it's like the you always space. know where the sun is, yeah. Yeah, the negative space and like the body. Is yeah, and just how in a room, how he has bone. a light bulb bomb and how it affects this guy's forehead. It's just his use of light is absolutely breathtaking, right? Yeah, I don't even know what the story's about, but like it makes me want to just look at it all day. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> From and it's it's set in the south, like in the in the fifties, and it's a, it's Isn't it a ray gun. It, it's topical. It's controversial in a way. There's a, a levy that breaks in this town. And uh, there's just a lot of redneck racist people in this town. And this this uh, gentleman pops out of space from somewhere. He's like a 10-foot-tall black guy. And he was, he was totally naked, and they wrapped him in a Confederate flag. So okay. definitely edgy. Definitely topical, right? Just all the, yeah. the um, talk just, of the Confederate flag recently. Judging by the art that you're showing me and the story you're telling me, like it's almost like unbelievable. Yeah. Like I don't like it doesn't sound like the truth. Like, it doesn't sound like he's actually telling me the real story of this book. But I guess it is. <laughs> An interesting story about what strange fruit comes from. There's a poem that references strange fruit and it's a, it's a horrible thing actually. Um, what they would reference when they hung people, when they hung black people from trees. It was sometimes referenced and especially in this poem called Strange Fruit. You can look it up and see what it means, but Yikes. Yeah, there was an interesting conversation in my comic book shop where this black couple at, saw this title and was kind of offended by it. Ooh, uh. Yeah, and he sort of explained it, and it is sort of a, a, a humorous take upon it or whatever, but yeah, it was still somewhat offensive to this couple. I mean, he kind of explained it and, and broke down the story and, and that it's a you know a slice of time and their, his aspect of this superhero, like kind of like a Superman just dropping into... Yeah. This very racist it looks like, city. It looks like if Django met Superman, <laughs> met like you know, and uh, like some alien story or something. And our and our strange quiet quiet Superman black character that's like ten feet tall, he's starting to have some flashbacks of where this where it looks like these aliens were testing him, and they throw him in prison. And there's these these white redneck cops beating this other guy to try to get information, and finally he just bursts out of this prison. And they realize he's super strong. And they're looking up to him like he's this, this, this ancient, this you know deity. So gotta see where that's going. It's a, a mini series of only four. That seems interesting. I'm, totally, I totally check that interesting. Out. So that's my number five pick. Number four from Dark Horse Comics is a pro again the longest title ever. This is all on the cover title, a Lords of of Misery prelude. Can the goon escape theater bazaar? Zombo. Who is he? What is he? Featuring the return of Venomous Femme Fatale and real-life burlesque superstar Roxy Delight. All she, of that. Is she really a real person? <laughs> I don't think so, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if she was. But this takes off right from where Goon left off and where he le it's number 54 in the continuity. I like that he con he continues with one continuity even though he does miniseries, so thank you very much. I love the work of Eric Powell. He has some art help here with John Dunavant, and he rarely does that because because Eric Powell is all about doing it himself from beginning to end. And this shows that he leaves that cursed town, him and Frank, and they decide to just become carnies, and uh, they get into some mayhem here. And the art is absolutely fantastic. Very, very perfect for Halloween. 
has the oranges, the dark yellows and blues and greens. It's just full on creepy. There's this haunted carnival that they run into and just all sorts of madness ensues. Yeah, it Look at that. definitely looks like Eric Powell had some help on this one. Just in those longer layouts, yeah, you can tell. Definitely. It's a little different, but it, he added a little... splash page that looks, yeah, that's... That's definitely, he need, He got some help there. That's that's a good page, though. But there's a whole lot of humor in here where Frank is asking people, excuse me, where do I find all the butts? He's looking for strip clubs. <laughs> and and it's funny that all this madness ensues, which I won't spoil because there's a couple of cool little moments where we meet Zombo, etc. But even the goon's attitude at the very end was like, well, at least they had beer. <laughs> so, uh, so that's good, at least. So I enjoyed that thoroughly. That's my number four pick. Number three... Marvel number one. This is the final number one that made it into the countdown. Star Wars Chewbacca. <laughs> Written by Jerry Duggan and artist Phil Noto. Phil Noto is one of my favorites. They really start the, the whole comic off with like the, the scrolling words. They do. <laughs> you haven't read it yet? No, I've, I've maybe Absolutely. read two of the Star Wars titles. And it's a little humor built into the, uh, the word scrolling on this where um, they... That Chewie believes that he is the sort of the responsible for the the Death Star, the first Death Star mission. He's like personally responsible. I thought, okay, that's funny. <laughs> so this is all in the perspective of Chewbacca. Yeah, and this oh, this man. basically ties into after Episode Four. So the Death okay. Star is out, and Chewie's kind of chilling now, wandering on this planet. <laughs> and you're introduced to this slave, um, these two slaves. I made some bad bets on this planet and have to adhere to their their bets. And they send him into these slave mines and the, the father tries to tries to have his daughter escape and puts her in like the Indiana Jones the uh <laughs> the mine cart. The mine cart yeah. with alien jelly goo goo stuff yeah, to have her escape and some madness ensues there and we cut over to this awesome splash of just this ever so peaceful looking laying down on the flowers Chewbacca his hair looking ever so Garnier fructiste his hands tucked behind his head like he's chilling it's just the most yeah, peaceful just... panel and he's just laying in a bed of flowers where he crashed some ship and that's how he is introduced to the slaves and he doesn't want to help them and of course they even address the language barrier the young girl did escape but wants to save her father and he just bark, 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 to the girl, and she's like, uh, uh, so can you help me? And he's like, bark, 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 bark. like, it's funny that they address the, the, that no one can understand what the heck Chewbacca's talking about. So this little girl ultimately hangs around long enough to bug Chewbacca into finally going like, yes, I'll help you. So she's like, are you going to help me? She's like, Chewie, of course, answering. Oh, <laughs> but he basically, is, she annoys him into helping him. Oh, man. <laughs> but I thought it was funny and beautifully drawn, right? Gorgeous. So this seems like a little light and fun romp, and I just had a good time with it. And Chewbacca's got his own title. I <laughs> never thought I'd just... see the day where Chewbacca had a full-on comic. And he does. Now we're in the top two. So number two, you mentioned earlier, your low. cover winner pick, Low. By Image Comics, number 10, by Remender Tocini. Art by Tocini is out of this world, and McKaig's coloring is just beautiful. Very dark, right? Lots of blues and oranges, much yeah, like man. the color. Oh, man. Or the cover. Yeah, right? it's, 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 a, it's a darker, uh, like, it, it's hard to explain. It's dark, but there's still brightness, like, in it. It's, it's so weird that, like, he mixed the contrast of, like, the colors with the darkness in the background. It's really beautiful. I love it. 
This story was starting to get a little abstract for me and where I didn't, the continuity of the story just becomes kind of diluted and you're sort of wondering what's going on and there's a there's sort of side adventure of our main character who's a woman named Stell who is uh, trying to make it to the surface. Uh, she, the world, they live underwater, it's this whole underwater world and she's trying to get to the surface and is sort of lacking for motivation as to why she's doing this. Her husband was killed, her son was killed, her two daughters are sort of missing She's not sure if they're alive in this messed up underwater aquatic world where it's Earth, but it's 10,000 years in the future that they've been living underwater. So pretty crazy, right? Yeah. And she's lured in by this vampire, uh, leech, like, merwoman, insane looking purple merwoman that lures her in saying, like, help me feed my child. And our character Stell is sort of under her, her... Her spell, spell her, her hypnotic vampire spell, spell, vampire spell, <laughs> and allows her to just, it puts her vein out saying, okay, just a taste. Yeah, and there's blood. not even any baby, like, as she puts her into this hypnotic dream state, which is nice. It's actually a flashback into her husband and just a, a, a very loving, quiet moment they spent together before her husband was killed. And then she awakens to, yes, a, just a, a, a sea of purpley vampire leech mer people just suck on her. <laughs> I thought the I thought the character there was really well really well drawn, just kind of interesting. Wow, they they could have a comic alone for yeah. that character, vampire leech mer people. They have yeah. like octopus like tentacles like half so squid, weird. Yeah. right? Very cool. That and so she is with this ragtag group of followers and they have to battle. There's a lot of action in here is how they have to battle. And the art by Tocini, you have to really spend some time looking at each panel yeah. to really see what's going on. But his action, the way he draws these speed, the sound effects that are, are, that are out, added into it, fantastic. So that's why just almost the art pick winner, I would say. J.G. Jones beat out with Strange Fruit, but this is the, definitely a solid close contender to being the art winner. And this guy right here wielding these axes... To fight all those, what do we call them? The vampire, squid, <laughs> vampire mer leech. people, leech yeah, things. Awesome though, and he just kind of said, you know, take off. I'll, I'll, I'll distract them, Bad escape. Ass. And he, he knows he's given up his life, and you really believe it. Like he's going down. Well, they sort of take off, but they come back for him. So it's, it's just an action-packed, beautifully drawn, underwater drama with this crazy bad guy. And at the end. I love the ray of uh, the, the ray of hope they shine here. Like she has perspective now, it helps her realize that she needs to find the surface and try to help mankind under under the water um, for herself and for her family and on everything she's gone through. And I, I just like that there's there's hope at the end of this because it was painting a rather bleak picture, like how a lot of her loved ones are dying, but ultimately it was filled with hope at the end, and I really enjoyed that in the writing. So, now, number one, this week, for New Comic Book Day, October 14th, number one was Rebels. Number seven, Dark Horse Comics, written by Brian Wood, art by Matthew Woodson, and art by the wonderful Jordi Belair, Belair who is, is doing the colors for just about everything. But the interesting part of the story is that uh, this is written in, 19, in 1777, just after, you know, the uh, Independence Day. And this is kind of the aftermath of the war, and it's highlighting a letter that a man writes to the military to honor his wife. And his wife is called a, she's like a follower, they call her the uh, camp followers. 
And back, and this is, I looked this up, it's actually true, that there were a lot of women and children and people that weren't old enough to be in the war or, or too old to be in the war that would follow the military regimes and hunt and clean and sew wounds and get water from rivers, just doing all the menial tasks. And at times, the they carols would, of the group. There you go. <laughs> And at times had to jump in and handle machinery or, or shoot the cannons. And this story is a, a story of a, of a husband and wife who have no children. And, they, and it's, it's a letter written to the government saying, like, please, please honor my wife for the, her, her heroism in the war and what she did. They, sh they show her initially hunting for the group. They show her uh, seeking out her husband. And they, they have a quiet moment of her and her, her wife. Her name is Sarah. And her husband is Sam, and he's a sergeant that handles the cannons. And so she's just a, a like a guiding light, a real positive force in this bleak war. And there's a part here where the husband's working the cannons, and the husband is talking to someone, and he's just blasted. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> where he's hit by cannon fire, and that's Sam. That's that's Sarah's wife. And that was fast. Yeah, about midway in. <laughs> And uh, this shows what she does here. And he's out of commission, but they're in the middle of a battle. So they ask her to man the cannon. And she's initially just hit with a cannon herself. And she's, she's injured. But she keeps on plugging on and loading this cannon, cannon up and firing in the middle of this battle. Mm -hmm. There's some redcoats that they found. And they're attacking their, their camp. And so she has to fight. And she's successful. And they, they are managed to take care of the British in this particular scene. And her husband is now in the letter. He's not doing well, and it flashes forwards like uh, 25 years. So she's older now, and she's sitting in front of like a tribunal, where they're talking about what they're going to pay her, as far as her her husband now passed, and she has benefits coming to her as a veteran. And they in her husband's letter, he tries to make the case of my wife fought in this war. She deserves veteran payout also, yeah. full veteran payout. And, okay, you're, like, thinking this this should take a decent twist, right? This should maybe, she should, you know, receive that, that recommendation. She was a hero in the war. Mm -hmm. And they say no. And their, their thing is, oh, well, if we pay you, if we pay one woman, we'll have to pay them the all. Yeah. So it's a, it's a glimpse into a harsh reality of, of the times. Yeah. This was how women were treated. And it's horrible that she, what she went through and her husband, and she was even, her face was disfigured you know fighting in the war and everything she did without really without looking for any recognition or any thank you she just selflessly did this yeah. and you really feel for it the emotional content of this is 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 really deep and i i bought it completely and i was totally in and i think the uh, the realism part of this slap in the face at the end where they're not giving her veteran payout is how it was yeah right yeah there were no happy endings back there i guess for women and they even only paid half of his salary every month to her. That's oh, the veteran man. payout was half for women of the salary they, wow, for leftover sucks. for um, for widows. Wow! Right? And yeah, then they didn't sucks. and they didn't even pay her, her own part of a commission yeah, for fought. being in the military because she wasn't officially enlisted, which women weren't. So, That's lame. but it really grabbed me. It really had some emotional emotional resonance. The the art was fantastic and super hyper like realistic, and it really painted a, a picture of. This heroic effort from this woman back then, and that's why it's my number one pick. So there they are, man. You like those? Yeah, yeah that was good. Uh, the, the Out of my breakdown of seven, what, what did you? What were more interest, I think most like interesting? The last three, I would actually kind of pick up and read. The uh, low, 
maybe Chewbacca definitely and then Rebels those those three seemed very interesting um there's there's a couple from like maybe your last episode that I want to read like Southern Bastards oh Southern Southern Bastards Bastards. so good I I read most of those you made me read them they're they're really good you gotta buy that Um, just buy it yeah there's a couple in here that I would actually not mind reading uh that one uh what's it called Strange Fruit that one (laughs) sounds good too art ridiculous yeah Oh, man, you're just adding to the poll. You're making my <laughs> life more... Oh, you're making it difficult. <laughs> I'm going to have to add even more titles to my Do life. it. Please do it. And buy it in paper. And, and uh, well, that, that wraps up the show, actually, too. Yeah. Want right. to tell people where to go? Like, maybe uh, check yeah, out... Yeah, sure. Uh, check out sunspotscomics.com uh, uh, to see, you know, his pull list, you know, to see, listen to the episodes, see his entire collection, you know, all that stuff. Uh, go to sunspotscomics... Uh, at, you know, Sunspots Comics on Instagram and the Twitters. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, follow me on the Instagrams and the Twitters at Just LA Kings. Uh, nice. Yes, yeah, so I think that's Instagram it. at Just at... Just LA Kings, yeah, that's me. Very, very nice. And please, if you're enjoying this podcast, go to iTunes and, and please give me a five-star short and give me a, a short review. Really appreciate it. It carries a lot of weight and it means a lot to me personally. So go to iTunes, click on Write a Review, and hook up Sunspots Comics. We'd appreciate it. So thank Jeez. you. We hope you enjoyed the show. And thank you for being the uh, announcer, co-host, guest, no color problem. commentator. I guess I'm not going to have to listen to this episode, huh? <laughs> no, you should. <laughs> Go back and listen to yourself. But uh, thank you. And we'll see you next week where uh, I'll have a whole lot of... Uh, actually, it's a shorter week of comics next week. And uh, But I'm looking forward to There's some good stuff in there. I can't wait. But yeah, please take these recommendations. Buy some of this stuff. And of course, uh, don't leave home without. Don't forget to... <laughs> Buy some of Chewy, is that you? Justin Latori. Go, go. You are listening to. Start, start over. (laughs) We'll just keep running. Hello, this is Justin Latori, son of Chris Latori, founder of Sunspots Comics. You are listening to issue number 24 of the Sunspots Comics podcast. 
We are going to be talking about some comic books, reviewing some comic books, recommending some comic books, and uh, I'm your announcer, Justin Latore. I said that already. Now <laughs> 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 you did it again. I went down the line. You and did. <laughs> and go. Oh, Jesus. Hello, my name is Justin Latore, founder of... Don't Not- start with your name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just go do your greeting and then go into you're listening to. You are listening to. (laughs) Okay. Go. Hello. You're listening to. (laughs) You started over. Started over the whole thing. Just delete it. (laughs) Right. Well, this could be in the blooper reel. Leave it in the blooper reel. It's too long, though. It's it's short. It's really me. It's short. It's only a minute and 30 seconds. All right. Um, Hi, you're listening to issue number 24 of the Sunspots Comic Podcast, where we talk about comic books, review some comic books, and recommend some comic books. Um, You're now turning the um into iron. (laughs) 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 Woo! Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Ready and roll. I like the high. That was good. Hi, I'm Justin Tory. Yeah. Uh, and I should start <laughs> <laughs> uh, This is not fun. Greeting. Okay. Don't say the word greeting. <laughs> this is where you go, hey, hello, hi. <laughs> Do three. You go, hey, hello, okay. hi. <laughs> hey, you're listening to issue number 24 of the Sunspots Comic Podcast. Or we're going to be talking about some comic books, reviewing some comic books, and recommending some comic books. I'm your uh, announcer, Justin Latore. <laughs> Close. <laughs> Why is it going to be perfect, man? Well, and action. In a world where Sunspot's Comics Podcast is the number one podcast on iTunes, and Chris Latore is making millions of dollars. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Start over. Hey, you're listening to issue number 24 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we're going to be talking about some comic books, reviewing some comic books, and recommending some... Po- uh, some uh, <laughs> 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 Holy hell. Okay. 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 Jesus, it's like six minutes of this crap. Okay. This is great. <laughs> six minutes? I'm going to play the whole damn thing at the end. <laughs> All right. Hey, you're listening to some little. Ha, oh, Jesus. I lost it. Like, <laughs> Here, I'll give you a run. Ready? You go like, Hello, you are listening to issue 24 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we talk about comic books, review comic books, and recommend comic books. This is your announcer, color commentator Justin Latori. And here is your host, my dad, Chris Latori. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs>